You're listening to the Credit Union Leadership Podcast, a podcast that delivers value and offers up insight that'll help your credit union grow. ServiceStar has been consulting with credit unions for over 20 years, growing them in the areas of cultural development, leadership development, and management training. To learn more about what ServiceStar can do for you or your credit union, check them out at servicestarconsulting.com. Vertex Live Nationwide Fall 2023 just kicked off. Our first and new topic for Vertex Live is emotional intelligence. Our tradition is any questions that somebody has at the end of a training that we didn't have time to get to, we record said questions and we actually record the answers to those questions. Today's Credit Union Leadership Podcast is Mike Niels, founder of Service Star Consulting's answers to the emotional intelligence questions that came from our first session of Vertex Live Nationwide Fall 2023. So sit back, relax, and enjoy these questions and answers provided to you by Vertex Live Nationwide's class and Mike Neal, founder of Service Star Consulting. How do you respond to emotional cues when you get a response you're not expecting? Uh, the answer I'm about to give you will apply to a few of these questions. So you have to have the ability to be able to think about your response to respond well. And when you're not getting a response you're expecting, for example, this happened to me one time, I'm doing a performance evaluation. I'm giving the person a very good score. And the person says, are you about to fire me? And, you know, my first Internal response is, what is wrong with you? But you don't want to say that. That's not emotionally intelligent. So the first thing I do is I do nothing. I breathe. And I stay silent. And then I ask a question. Tell me why you're asking me that. This gives you the opportunity for the person to explain why they're reacting this way that gives you a context and it also takes the pressure off you to speak now. So let's say I've got a um, employee who's getting really upset with me um, and uh, we've all had that happen before. I would say, tell me why you're upset. I want to understand where this is coming from. Ooh, now I can take my breath. I can explain to them or I can allow them to explain to me, which gives me context. So I get time. I get to slow my heart rate down. I take the pressure off me. And I ask them what the context is. I love beginning by saying, tell me about. That has become a go-to for me over the years. I wouldn't ask. You know, they always teach you open-ended questions. What's going on here? Not as good as tell me why you're so upset or tell me why you're angry. Um, you don't even have to say, I wasn't expecting this reaction because now you're putting them in a situation where you're basically saying you don't have the right to react this way. Now you may feel that way on the inside, but remember that's not what we want to uh, communicate. So great question. How to balance empathy, emotional response 
while also holding direct reports accountable. All right, I'm going to give you Mike Neal's definition of, I'll call it caring. It's actually my definition of love, but uh, we'll keep it on a business perspective here. But, I mean, I can say that word, right? I mean, there's all kinds of love. Like, I love football and I love pizza. I think you can look at me and tell that. I love my family. I love my grandpup. Now, do I love all those things the same? No, I don't. But if you're going to care for somebody well, let's just use that term. I'm going to care for you well. You've got to be willing to tell people the truth in a gracious way and be bold enough to take action. The truth in a gracious way and be bold enough to take action. So when some, when I'm having to tell somebody the truth about their performance, I can only control me. I can't control their response. I can't even control their response to my caring. They may misread it. They may be someone who always feels attacked. I'm not responsible for that. I'm responsible for telling people the truth in a gracious way. So let me give you an example of how I might say that. Uh, Let's say I'm going to talk to an employee about uh, a behavior that they're exhibiting with coworkers. And maybe that behavior is they are saying things that are very judgmental to other people, like, Oh, well, I don't know how somebody could be so stupid as to do that. And so I'm going to coach this behavior because it's not effective for them. Employees are coming to me saying, if you don't, if she doesn't stop it, I'm going to lose my mind. So let's call this person uh, Ricky, because you'll notice every example with me is Ricky. Uh, Hey, Ricky, I want to talk to you about something. Uh, that uh, I think is keeping you from being fully effective in your interactions with your coworkers. Notice what I said. Now, that keeps you from being fully effective or as effective as you could be. I don't say things like that's damaging your relationship, causing people not like you, keeping you from being fully effective. So what am I doing now? I'm being bold enough to take the action. Um, I am being uh, gracious in the way I'm saying it. I'm not saying the way I want to say it. I'm saying the way which is gracious. When you speak to people um, and say things such as, you have to be stupid to believe that. Well, we don't often know what other people believe. And so that's going to come across as very judgmental. And so I I think it would be a really good idea for you to measure your words and think about the fact that other people may make different choices in the way they raise their children uh, and and what they purchase, what they spend money on. And it's easier just to leave those things alone to begin with. But when we say things like that, it comes across to people as judgmental. Now, they know that they know that you don't know what they are or are not doing. But it's just those types of statements that put people in the position of saying, 
Well, I guess he thinks I must be stupid because that's what I bought. So I just think you just always need to say things that leave room for your opinion to be right, room for your opinion to be wrong, right? And so people have different sensitivities. So this is something I, I'm sure you're not intending to do, but it doesn't come across to others that way. I feel that way myself. Let's bracket this. If you feel something is the truth, you need to say it. You need to stand behind it. Don't just say other people have come to me and said, so, you know, I'm just sharing with you what they're saying. That is a wimp move. You're having this conversation because you believe what they're saying to be accurate. So stand behind that. So, so let's talk about what you might do differently to be able to express your opinions without expressing the fact that your opinion could be the only one. So let's talk about some examples. So what did I do? I said the truth in a gracious way, and I was bold enough to take action. So I think that's really, really important. I also have to understand that I am not in control of their reaction when I do the right thing on my part. People have to own their reaction. So I can't control other people's reaction, but I'm going to tell people the truth in a gracious way, and I'm going to be bold enough to take the action so that they can understand how they can be better. Um, where is the balance between professionalism and personal limits interactions? How to show emotions while remaining professional at the same time? Um, I wish I could answer this one for you. There is no balance between professionalism and personal limits interactions. There's none. Uh, and this is why judgment is something that a manager has to have, which can't be taught. Um, but I would say this, when someone comes to you, let's go back to our example, the truth in a gracious way, uh, bold enough to take the action. So somebody comes to me and says, I'm going through difficulties in my marriage. I'm going to say, I'm so sorry that's happening to you. I imagine that can be very, very difficult. What can I do for you? How can I be of support to you? And if there's, a, I just want to let you know because I've just got stuff on my mind and I'm just not going to be, you know, chipper all the time right now. I completely get that. I completely get that. All right. Now, let's take a principle. The team is more important than any individual. So what I said to this person was, the truth in a gracious way, and I'm extending myself to them. Now, they're a little down the dumps. I get it. Life happens. But let's suppose two weeks later, I hear in the uh, workroom, you're not my boss. Get the crap out of my face. Okay. Now, I'm going to bring that per and then it's that person who's, you know, when we can't control what's going on here, sometimes what we do is we hurt other people because we, we can't deal with the anger or the frustration we got going on inside us. 
So I'm going to bring that person into my office and I'm going to say, hey, I know you're going through a lot right now, but what I saw can't happen anymore. It's one thing for you to, it, to impact you, but now you're impacting others. And the team is more important than any individual. And so you owe these people an apology. You didn't hear what they said to me. It doesn't matter what they said to you. You need to apologize for your behavior because your behavior was out of, line, out of alignment with our core values. And you, you, you're credit against core values. One of our core values is respect, and that wasn't it. So you guys can work that out, what caused it, but your response that I heard is not appropriate. And so you need to apologize for that. Y'all need to work through that. So that's the balance for me is, is the action or the words or the behavior of the individual impacting others? Is it impacting the member? Is it impacting their team? You know, but when people are going through things, they can't always just put on a happy face. Now, I happen to be an incredible <laughs> compartmentalizer, which helps me, you know, as a presenter when I've got crap going on in my life, which we all do. But also, it can, there can be a downside to that because you can really bury yourself in work and decide I'm not going to deal with this stuff in my life. But that's my advice on separating the personal and the professional. There's no balance. It's what are the values that I hold as a manager and at what point is this person's interpersonal problems impacting others? Because others are always important than me. The team is more important than the individual. The team is more important than me. And so that would be a rule I would use. Now, we're going to talk about developing uh, leadership values in Vertex. And I can't wait till we get to that. Uh, so that's a little precursor of it. One of my values is the team is more important than any individual. And that then becomes a guidestone for me in making decisions. We've got a podcast called Managing in the Messy Middle uh, that we'll send to you um, when the time is right. But it's all about this idea of creating leadership core values that allow you to navigate your world in these difficult situations when there's no insert tab A in the slot B management solution. Next, uh, how to turn my personal emotion off when having a more difficult conversation with a direct report. Example, performance issue, taking the emotion out on focusing on the person and to focus on the performance itself. What a great question. This is where we need to start. An employee is not doing anything to you, number one, and, and you cannot control another person. The reason we get upset at other employees is because we've worked with them, we've talked to them about this multiple time, and they're still doing it. So in our heart, we say, well, they're either disrespecting me or they're going to wind up getting in trouble and I'm at my wit's end on what to do to fix them. You're taking ownership of something that was never yours, which is fixing people. By the way, I don't know how many of you are married. I am. 
How's that going with fixing your spouse? How's that going with fixing your brother? Yeah. <laughs> Not so well, right? Uh, you can't fix other people. What you can do is give people the opportunity to redirect their life in a way that's going to be more effective. So we're back to what? The truth in a gracious way and being bold enough to take action. So the first thing to do is you've got to take off the table that you're responsible for fixing an employee. Your job, and we're going to talk more about this later, but I'm going to give you a little heads up. Here's your job. Set expectations. I'm going to go slow because you want to take some notes. Set expectations. Communicate those expectations. Give people the tools to meet those expectations. That's training and equipment, procedures. So once again, set expectations, communicate those expectations, give people the tools to meet those expectations. And then number four, catch them doing those things correctly. Then number five, redirect them when they're not meeting those expectations. This has been another episode of the Credit Union Leadership Podcast brought to you by Service Star Consulting. At Service Star, we inspire transformational change and use the podcast as a forum to do just that for our listeners. We're educating and inspiring where leaders come and convey and converge on the newest, latest trends that guide our credit union leadership practices. Stay tuned to the next episode of the Credit Union Leadership Podcast.